the Stories of Water podcast, and I'm Sita Davatilla. Stories shape the human experience. More than anything else in our lives, stories show us how to relate to one another and our great challenges, triumphs, and how to connect with nature, consciousness, our past, future, and the time we're in right now. Water is the future of technology in this Aquarian age, and it's been waiting for us to remember. This podcast is all about discovering what's possible, beginning with our childhood stories to understanding our DNA, the wild rivers and the vast oceans. We are water and these are our stories. All right, here we go. All right, Natalie, thank you so much for coming um, and chatting with me. I, would you, I mean, we literally just met and I was like, come be on my podcast. I want you to talk about what you do and who you are because um, I could just kind of sense that there were some connections there. So will you tell us what you do and um, and then maybe give us like some context into your childhood? One question I always ask guess is like what's the story of water from your childhood so we can imagine this youthful version of you too okay um so I am a massage therapist energy healer and a registered dietitian and it's a, a path that's sort of weaving itself every day for me and it's been a really fun journey um to be on and the energy healing piece has really fallen into my lap since moving to Jackson within the last three years. I moved here in 2019, and it's just really flourished into something that I didn't know that I had. So that's been really fun. Um, and the piece of the water, so I grew up on a lake in a small town back east in, in upstate New York called Casanovia. And will keep it light but in a very haunted house and so that, that piece is very um, has been very prevalent on my energy healing journey now and to the gifts that I've been tapping into and the things that I've been able to do um, with my clients present day and the water has just always been a very healing space for me so being on the lake playing in the water um, I do all the water things mm-hmm. now even um, but the water was always my safe space and I competitively swam into college. And so now looking back and the place that I've been on my healing path is really kind of real, uh, recognizing how cathartic the water was for me all of those years swimming. And I could swim for hours and hours and not be bored, not get, it just, my mind would shut off and I could just swim and swim and swim and it was totally fine. And now recently where I'm at it's I've been um, teaching swim lessons this summer again so it's kind of been fun to come full circle Mm -hmm. Um, but to swim laps up at the pool now I'm like after 20-30 minutes I'm like okay on to the next like I got my got my fix and we're ready to do something else so (laughs) totally oh my god I feel like swimming laps right now is so boring for me I'm like oh my god can I get some head but like some earphones or something I need music or whatever it's like it's brutal but that's so cool okay so you grew up in upstate new york in a haunted house Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about the haunted house 
Um, okay, so growing up, of course, it wasn't something, it was just very normalized. Like, the house just is old, it makes sounds. And just for context, it was built in the 1850s, uh, late 1850s by Stanford White. Um, and it is actually commemorated in one of his architecture books. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. And, um, so it's a special house. It's a special house, and, and there's a lot. There is for sure a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. And it operated for ten years as a speakeasy and casino. And during those ten years, there's no rec- record of any history that's been in this house. It's just vanished. We have the, the predate, like a, you could track it, and then the after. But these ten years, there's no information. Um, there also was oh, there's also was a ballroom that burned down. What? Yeah. A, a, a part of the house? A little part of the house. Oh, my God. And we so think there were some wicked in parties in there oh, in the yeah. 20s. Oh, yeah. And um, there was a lot of activity in the house, and it was just something that was very normalized for all of us to be like, no, the house just makes noises. It's fine. There's people, there's, yeah, we hear footsteps. It's cool. We just, although everyone was, no one would go alone anywhere in the house. Like, you know, we wouldn't walk into a room without a light on. They're just, we all had very little coping mechanisms yeah. growing up as children, four, or four of us growing up in a haunted house we, that are not normal. I think now now that we're out of the house, we realize how abnormal some of our things So are. you had three siblings? Yes. Okay, I'm okay. The you're, I was going to say, are you the oldest? Okay, cool. I have a brother and two sisters. Okay. And my baby sister was born in the house, and so her... Whoa. Some of her memories and dreams that she remembers were really intense. Whoa. Yeah. She was one that was pushed down the stairs. Oh, my God. Yeah, like about four. Mm-hmm. And this was just, like, accepted by your this parents? Was, yeah, like, okay. It was, just, it was like, funny. there's a part of our brain when we go through these things that are looking for a normal way to normalize it. And okay. so that was just, you know, and growing up Catholic, there's heaven, there's hell, but it... Yeah. There, then there's this in-between space of, like, mm-hmm. ghosts, you know, or however you want to call it, yeah. discarnates, whatever, yeah. that are kind of trapped in the in-between. And so, yeah, just for better or worse, it was normalized. We still have the house. Um, and, yeah. Is it still haunted? It is not haunted. So okay. So it was all of that. I had a healer... Um, close what was happening in the house so it's been closed and I'm looking forward to going home the end of the summer to see to really get a sense of where things how how it feels yeah experience it again yeah oh my gosh okay so now it's like putting you have to put the love back into the house Mm -hmm. totally do you feel like you have to put love back into your family too oh absolutely yeah absolutely um, what's your relationship with your siblings like are you guys close we were all very close. We're Italian family, so that's Ooh, very okay. close, you yeah. know, and it close within our the siblings and then with our extended family. Yeah. Which is very normal. Yeah. Um, but I was, are you guys descendants of like mafia or whatever <laughs> from the area? Because I'm assuming like <laughs> you got a speakeasy, you're in this huge Italian house, like. Um, not that we know of, but it's funny because my dad in high school, I think people for a little while did think that my dad was of the mafia. He used to wear those black knuckle free gloves with this big fur collar coat and <laughs> drove a blacked out 
Mercedes or BMW or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Um, he looked the part. He looked the part to say the least. But no, we're not, not that I know of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so cool. So you're you're close with your siblings. We're close. Yeah. yeah. We're all. Where on, do they live? I think on our own healing journey. Yeah, of, I'm sure. Of, of our past right now. Yeah. This haunted house. It was a bomb I dropped on everybody in January and I think everybody handled it well and we're all just kind of walking our own path for the time being and we're all slowly starting to reweave into each other and learn each other as our best selves instead of our worst selves because when you have that type of energy, that darkness in a house, you it manipulates us I think more than we were consciously aware of and for so sure. now we are learning each other from po- more positive happy space and so I feel yeah. with time we'll all we'll be back better than honestly than, better than maybe we ever were wow that'd yeah. be incredible so one of the things that I is coming to mind is like how much um, how hard it is for people to believe in the invisible mm-hmm. and that you know like in your situation they were, they were making noises and they were obviously affecting like your sister fell down the stairs or pushed down the stairs and um you know maybe they're in your dreams or they were sort of like with you I'm sure that I just I feel like that that attachment that we unconsciously allow with these spirit whether it's you know positive or negative like I get wrapped up in the fact that it's why, why it's so hard for people to believe in the invisible. And so when you were talking to your family, I mean, obviously you're very intuitive and you've got your sort of healing business or whatever, but like, how did you breach that gap with them and convince them? Or did you not need to? It didn't take much convincing. Wow. It was, it it was, the house was so alive at, at points and it was so, well, I mean, the construction workers, our nannies, my grandparents, like people that had, anyone that had spent a length of time in the house, something weird had happened. Mm. Enough that you were like, did that just happen? Um, we had a nanny actually take a selfie way back when on a flip phone. Mm-hmm. Um, in my middle sister's bedroom, and her room is conjoined now, so it was too bedrooms which were servants rooms way back at the one point mm-hmm. so she took a selfie and it was her with like kind of a child's face next to her I mean like next to her face wow oh my god yeah so it didn't take much convincing yeah um, okay but it, it it's more of the conceptual I think oh this was really real mm-hmm. and I think that's what where the disconnect is with us in the 3D it's like seems so far away or mm-hmm. not palpable or it doesn't seem tangible and it very much is whether it's whether you're working with the angels and the light and the and the heaven world or you're in the darkness it is very tangible what you choose to tune into is where you you kind of follow mm-hmm. um but I, I think it, it was more of the kind of conceptual space of, one, all four of us had processed, processed it differently. We all had different coping mechanisms mm-hmm. um, and things to get through those years of our childhood safely, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I think it, it's more of wrapping your mind around, okay, this was really real, this happened, my, um, the woman I'm apprenticing with, you know, she made it very black and white into this is very real, and I think it, that was kind of what bent everybody in their own way, even my dad, you know, my dad, my mom, to hear all of that was just a shock. Sure. Wow. That's unbelievable. I love that, that they all just sort of were like, oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I feel like you obviously have a deep connection with the spirit world, just considering how you fielded probably a lot of really dark or negative um, energies as a kid. Yeah. So when you take that into your life today and you, you know, obviously you're like now you're in the healing space and you're working with the light and how do you use the, like you obviously are gifted, you know, and like, how do you feel like you were able to use that experience as a child to like cultivate a deeper space in yourself now and be able to work with spirit now? I think in many ways, and I think a lot of healers would agree though it is their own path and their own way. Mm -hmm. But we have had to experience the darkness to see the light. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people would resonate with that mm -hmm. in their own journeys, in their own path, that we have to go through these, you know, it's very common knowledge now, like the shadow work, dark nights of the soul. Yeah. Um, then there's the next level, dark night of the, sp of the spirit, which is a, a lot more intense. and. We go through these layers of transformation to get rid of our ego self um, and to be the more aware that we, the most aware of ourselves that we can be. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, having, I think, the recognition of what our, up, my upbringing being real to then now the work that I'm doing. Um, I was just so sensitive mm -hmm. because I was such a ball of light and all, all of my family, but we, that I was such a ball of light mm -hmm. um, with a very high attainment, meaning as my soul, I have done a lot of very high level things in past lives and high accomplishments. Mm -hmm. um, with the attainment that I had, I would, I've been really on a rocket ship to the healing work that I've been doing now. And it's something I never ever, ever would have said was on my path. Mm -hmm. um, it really just fell into my lap, and it's just been something that I feel I need to lean into, and I've just been doing all that I can to nurture the, that gift um, as best that I can, and that's brought its own sense of um, kind of hardships and processing in that space as well. Because mm -hmm. what's Everyone wants to know their past lives or wants to know kind of parts of their future until you actually know, and then you don't know if you really want to anymore. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that fun. Um, what? Give me an example of that. Um, I have recently had to let go of, I thought, of who I was going to be with in this lifetime. Oh. And that... We're still going to accomplish our soul mission and our soul purpose. That's yeah. not changing. Mm -hmm. But the, our dynamic is not going to be what I thought it was. Oh. And so now things have 
and I, it was a rough awakening, but I swallowed the pill. Mm. The pills of truth never go down easy. Never. Yeah, they're like rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shit. So yeah, so I let that go, and I really have handed that over to the universe, to the masters, mm-hmm. and... I'm welcoming all the new things. You being one of those Yay! new things that just happened this <laughs> week of that process. And, oh, um, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of where that's been going. Awesome. And um, with that is the more clean that I am, the more I'm able to help people. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be, I can't be an unclean vessel to help people. Mm-hmm. Um the light is working through me. I am manipulating the light, the energy. I'm always yeah. doing all that I can to connect with the universe or the masters, the angels, to help heal the person in front of me as best that I can. Um, and so far, I think my turnaround time has been three days. I've had, like, shoulders, shoulder injuries, like, um, go away. I've had a client with shingles, and that was three days oh. gone. Um, shingles is attached to unworthiness. Oh, wow. All diseases and illnesses are attached to an emotion. And so when you find the emotion and you clear the emotion, the illness goes away. Okay, so you help me with this. I'm going to tell you about this. So I have, like, skin things. Like, I get pimples, and it bugs me so much. I'm like, I'm fucking 38 years old. Like, what is going on? And I'm like, I mean, I've had them when I got pregnant or, you know, and I get the hormonal stuff, but like my hormones at this point should be pretty steady. Like I'm not getting menopause. Like I've been this. So anyway, um, we did a session and you, uh, we talked, I don't even know what we talked about. I was just kind of in the portal. Um, but I later like tuned into this, concept of anger and resentment and then um and I was like oh shit I think I'm angry about something and that had created this like and my skin was being this barrier between you know my inner being and my life and that there was like this um I don't know if the word is resistance or anger about Something, but as soon as I like tuned into it, I just like wept. I was like, okay, there is some stuff that like really needs to be released here. And since then, I feel like it's like resolved. I'm like, oh, okay, I think I was literally like resisting this next chapter of my life. And I think a part of me was angry that I have to go through this process to to go into this next chapter of my life. And, you know, I mean, like, growth isn't easy. It's not always hard, but it's not always easy. And I feel like I, uh, my skin was like this barrier, and it was providing me this protection. And yet, and I had turned it into this whole thing where I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just didn't appreciate it for what it was doing for me. And then once I, like, tuned into the anger and I tuned into, like, how much I actually really love my skin and how much I feel like it's protecting me and how I love its, like, essence and how it, you know, lets my aura radiate out, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it changed everything. I love that so much. Yeah, it was a big deal. And I I don't remember. Okay, so it was Thursday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw you. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if it was three days later. <laughs> it probably was. Oh, uh, like Sunday. Night. I can't remember when the date was, but I like, it's been a week now. Yeah. And I think I dealt with it on, I probably was Sunday night. 
I just sat down in meditation and was like, oh my God, I'm angry. And I have my fa- my father was, he was, not that he was an angry dude, but he would like, he would just, and then he would just be like, boom. And I have a little bit of that too, especially with my kids and stuff. So I had to really, and I've had to work through a lot of that mm-hmm. being a parent and be like, I want to not pass this on to my children. So there has definitely been a a journey with anger, but I didn't realize how much of it I was holding as like a physical barrier Mm -hmm. to protect me from anger or maybe, I don't know. But as soon as I tuned into it, I, yeah, I had a good cry session. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was powerful. Um, tell, tell us some more about how, Emotion. Tell me more about that. How emotions get trapped in the body? Because I feel like you got to. There's this uh, saying: you got to feel it to heal it. Yeah. And I actually use that with my clients today. I was like, you got to feel it to heal it. And just I think sometimes, even I have this fear of going into my emotions because I think, oh my god, I might never come out. Mm-hmm. Like I might go into grief, and never leave grief. You know. I like, but give us, like, talk to me about how you work with clients to help them work through emotions and work through body issues with emotions. Yeah. So just to give everyone context, just so we're all on the same page. So we have four bodies. We have our physical, I hope I have this in the right order, mental, emotional, and energy body. We look like the Eggman, um, like the song from the Beatles. If you were to look at us energetically, that's what we look like. So oftentimes when we're consciously... um, you know, oh, my dad was super angry as a kid, whatever, it's fine. It's just how he was, right? So consciously, it's out of our conscious space. All of that is still being stored within our emotional body. So we, things um, that are triggers that keep coming up and you're like, oh, I don't know why this keeps coming around or whatnot. I thought I worked through this. Consciously, yeah, you may have, but in your unconscious, it's still there. And so working through um, using breath work and I'm holding the space and removing the emotion that is attached to uh, removing the emotion that is attached to you um, so that we can become a more clean vessel. And the more clean that we become, the better we are able to operate. And we want to we don't ever need to feel or be stuck in these emotions of fear, guilt, shame, sadness, these all lower vibrational emotions. They happen because we're here on our human experience on this earth school, but we don't need to stay in them. The caveat to that is we need to feel them to release them. And the awareness that the lower states of emotion bring to our healing path is important but we don't need to stay in these emotions for long periods of time. Um, so what would you say to somebody who's going through uh, a process? So somebody who's like in a healing process and they understand, they know they have some emotions that need to be felt. So maybe it's like a mother wound or maybe it's like a, you know, a issue with a sibling or something like that. And they know they have something that needs to be, Felt and they're resisting it. Right. How do you, what do you recommend to that person like that? Um, I think journaling is always great. I think, you know, meditating, sitting with your emotion and really processing that is really all wonderful things. 
um, in more common ways of healing. And I think most people have found what works for them. And if they haven't, I encourage you to, you know, run the gamut. Um, the caveat to the work that I do, which is so powerful, is, you know, you can be journaling on something for months, weeks, years, and it's, you feel good about it and it keeps coming up and then you get to a different, it's just a much slower drawn out process. Whereas the space that I hold, the create container that I create, um, I'm able to just, we're able to work through it all and clear it in a session two or three. Um, so that's just sort of the difference. And when we release the emotion of these lower vibrational states, our body will heal itself. Yeah. We're designed to heal itself. Yeah. So we clear the anger, which can be caused, held, and you know, manifest in the physical body as UTIs or bladder cancer, um, or uh, gut. Everyone's got gut, gut issues, right? What do we hold in our solar plexus? Fear, guilt, shame. Um, the three biggies. The three biggies, right? Because <laughs> everyone's got something that's happened. Yeah. yeah. So. We hold those in our solar plexus. Well, that's affecting our stomach and our all of our GI function. Um, so we clear those out. We can, and everything will heal on its own a lot faster. Heart issues are often lack of joy, fear of life. Um, oh, wow. Fear of love are the two big ones for the heart. Yep. And, um, and that can, it's not always, it's relationships as a whole. So, between your relationship with your parents, relationships, siblings, loved ones, relation like um, romantic partner, any of these things that we're holding on to um, can manifest um, as physical. As physical, everything can manif- manifest into the physical, yeah. and we are now at a point as a collective that we have everything, and I, th- and. Th- the consensus I've had for most people that I've talked to is that these the beginning of summer was pretty he- hefty. It, it was just it was heavy. Oh yeah, Why, I can second that. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so as it, we've hit a point as, in the collective because we are all one. Mm. Um. So as a collective and within our individual journey, that we have to just this stuff has to come up and we have to clear it and that we it. have to deal with it. And the universe has given every opportunity every. Um, lesson every everything that we can so that we will look at it and address it so we can heal it and let it go or move forward and how we need to for our path yes. because everyone is here for a much higher purpose than what we are executing we are not here to be in these nine to five dead-end jobs the whole rigmarole that we're conditioned to think is normal mm-hmm. um, and so that is a big part of why the beginning of this summer was so heavy and whether you're journaling through your emotions, meditating, doing all of all of the things, um, the most important part is that you learn the lesson. You don't ever have to hold you hold on to the lesson and the story, but you don't need the emotion. So you have this really traumatic childhood. Maybe your father raped you or whatever, like some very traumatic thing. We don't need to hold those emotions, but you would keep the story for the lessons for whatever reason that was to break, put you on your path right. for ne- for present yeah. day. I really love that because that bring what that reminds me of is empowerment, which is like the 
it creates this understanding that like the victimhood doesn't work mm-hmm. and that by taking responsibility or understanding that there is a lesson in there. Yes. It's okay to have a lesson. It's okay to have the painful experience and have a lesson. Mm-hmm. If you can turn it to empowerment, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden it becomes a gift. Absolutely. It's not low frequency shadow stuff. It's like, this is a gift that happened. Mm-hmm. This is something that happened to me that was potentially, you know, really traumatic and hard, but I was able to empower myself and rise up. And then you can help others yes. who have that same issue. Absolutely. And I love that. I think that's one of the most important um, dynamics and understandings yes. of what's possible today. That don't get stuck in this story yeah. of victimhood and get yourself so wrapped up in the pity. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. There's a lot of painful, hard things. Um, but it's really important to understand that there's a lesson at play. Mm-hmm. It's school. It's earth school. It's always earth school. Yeah, <laughs> always. Um, okay, so I want to go back to what you were talking about before because um, I'm reading this book right now called The Freedom Transmissions, which is a channeled book by Clarissa. Um, I think it's Schumacher. She wrote, uh, she channels Yeshua. So she's like Yeshua, like birthed in her channel. And she, um, so she has this whole like book that's basically Jesus's like direct teaching. And it, I have to admit, it took me, I've had the book for like a year and I read it and I was like, I, I grew up Catholic. So I was like, I can't, I can't yeah. like too religious or whatever. I just felt like I was like, I can't read this. And, but reading it was really hard for me because I just kept going back to this, like, I just had this block with Jesus. Yep. Um, and I was like, I don't, I can't, I, I just didn't resonate with it. But then when I started listening to it, I didn't ha- it didn't have the same connotations for whatever okay. reason. I didn't, like, see the words the same way or whatever. He said straight up, he was like, it's not that our pa- your path of the humans on Earth is not, like, you're creating your path. Mm-hmm. And he was very clear to say that you have to do the work to get to the golden age. Yes. It's not just going to come. And, and, it was, and he also said, if you don't do the work, there will be consequences. Absolutely. There will be more challenging things that happen. And he calls them voids. Okay. Um, in the book, and essentially, he describes it really well as like it's a womb space. So it's dark. You're in the unknown. You don't know what's coming. He says that um, March of 2020 was the first void. Yeah. And the second void was June of 2020. Yeah. And I think we can all. I was I, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> okay. And the first void, and and the first void occurred. Essentially, to uh, to give us that energy of the void, and the second void occurred to give us the chance to take responsibility. So that the second void was like this portal into. He calls it freedom. Yeah, um, freedom. But, that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah, and it feels to me like empowerment is a part of that too. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so. I just look back on my own journey at that time, and I was like, "Yeah, I actually really remember." that I was on my own dark night of the soul that year and I had um uh a really hard time in February March and then I remember in June was finally when I was like all right like I cannot just sit here and wallow in the pain of this like I gotta take responsibility for what's going on and so um anyway 
what was so cool about that is very similar to what you're saying is that it's like, as a collective, I think we really need to understand that like, it's time to heal. Yep. It's really, really time to heal. And what I, I think, and I, you know, tell me what, how you feel about this, this is a, an opinion I form, but I feel like healing is fast right now. Oh it's yeah. It's like, it's quantum. Yep. It's not like 30 years in psychotherapy. No, no. It's, it's like, you could get through that in a weekend yep. if you sat with it. Yep. And really let it move through your body. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what it is, obviously. Right. Right. process. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be a little bit longer than a weekend. But I do think it's fast. And I feel like, especially with these, like, um, like I have a client who's, uh, she's amazing. She lives in Hannibal, Missouri, which is like, literally, that's like where Tom Sawyer or whatever is <laughs> But she's like from a family of slaves. And, you know, her grandmother was like a, had five children and one leg and was like, a badass woman who was raising kids in Missouri and, you know, in really challenging conditions. And we talk a lot about this ancestral, you could call it trauma, ancestral trauma where, and, and she's having to work through it. I think she's been really confused about what it is and how it shows up. But, um, cause she's like, but that's not mine. Right. It's like you take it on to help your lineage heal Heal. things. Absolutely. And um, what I really, and truly, I think it has been, like, I think she'll look back on it and be like, wow, that was actually really powerful and really fast. But in the moment. It um, seems so long when you're in it. Yeah. It it doesn't matter if it's a weekend or six months. It seems so long. So as a healer, I mean, what's your opinion on that? Do you feel like things are moving quickly as well? We absolutely, they are. Um, the cosmos, the astrology is lined up. If anyone follows astrology and um, what has been happening in the physical and the political climate is very interesting. Um, amidst to our day-to-day individual lives. Uh, we are on very much on the fast track to to get to this golden age. So we're doing good? We're doing good. Oh my god! We're doing That's very amazing. good. We're doing very good. I'm actually good. really excited. Yeah. I was like, we suck! <laughs> <laughs> we are not! But that's amazing! No, it's really... It's, <gasps> good see, it, job, humans! Good job, humans! We got this. Um, <laughs> we. It doesn't feel like it, and I know everyone's... And it, again, we all create our reality, so what are you focusing on? So it seems to some like, you're crazy, This is, there's no way this is happening. No, we are doing really well um as of december 21st 2021 the light from heaven is physically anchored into mother earth her crown chakra is boston new york city is the third eye washington dc is the throat chakra the heart is chicago Um, denver is the solar plexus um, LA is the sacral chakra or seat of the soul. And then the root chakra is San Diego. And so it's physically here. It's in North America and it's, that spans into the whole planet, but I'm not, we won't go down that rabbit hole today. Um, but it's here and we're living it. And because of that, the acceleration of where, of this golden age is here. We're on a good timeline. Yeah. The That's amazing because mm-hmm. I was kind of like 
oh shit, I don't know if we're doing a good job or not. The pr- the the prophecies I are by twenty thirty. Mm-hmm. That's we're now less than ten years. That's eight years away. Mm-hmm. Is going to be a very different world yeah. than where we are right now. So I um, have you ever heard of the Jinkies by Richard Rudd? I have not. Oh my god. It is my favorite spiritual text. Okay. And I, I read a lot. Yeah. And so I, I, I like pick up, you know what I mean? I, whatever I do, I'm like always reading different theories. And that, and that was one that I picked up two years ago that I, it's just resonated so deeply because I understood that it's actually in our DNA, the future and the past. Yes. And it's all there. And then he also really, he gives so much context for like elevating yourself out of shadows because every, there's 60, so essentially the concept is there's 64 gene keys, which um, all relates to the 64 gates in human design and 64 hexagrams within the I Ching. Oh, okay. And he sort of like marries these, those two concepts together. And, and then he has this whole book where there's 64 different genetic keys and they're everything from like greed to uh, immature, like shadows, you know, and every every key has a shadow gift and a CD frequency. That's neither here nor there. The book is amazing if you're yeah. so inclined to just. Um, you can actually go to jinkies.com and like pull your own oh, cool. uh, genetic profile based on your birthday. But he talks about 2020, and he wrote this book before. I don't know when it was published. It was probably published in the early 2000s been around for a little bit so but he totally prophesied all this stuff wow yeah and he talked about how 20 between 2020 and 2027 was like this portal yep and that those seven years were going to be sort of the seed of this next future yeah and he talks about the future of humanity and it's like it's so beautiful because it just gives you hope it gives you hope and you realize and he gives context to like climate change he gives context to the political theater he gives context to like all of these things and even pollution yeah like even like um the bad foods that we eat yep and how he's like the reason why we need so much salt in our diet is to like pull out toxins <laughs> you know got like salty crackers all over but but they're yeah. all intent they all have a purpose yes and so i love that he gives context for everything so i feel like so often we have the i at least prior to this book had the tendency to be like that's bad that's dark that's like not good we have to but he like gives it a, a value yes. and a purpose and is able to like turn it into a gift in so many ways um so yes on the the timeline yeah that's super exciting and i'm actually like kind of shocked it, yeah well it seems Somehow so far away, but then when you say like, oh, it's eight years away, or if twenty twenty seven is what five years? Well, four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so and it, it's and I I, mean, I believe it, and that's exactly. as a as a individual, like someone could say like, well, I'm not doing anything to help this, or I I don't know. As an individual, the most powerful thing that we can do is believe and to have faith mm-hmm. and visualize the our heaven on earth whatever that is for you for me for bobby joe down the street fully anchor into what you want your heaven on earth to look like and don't let that vision go and that was how we will accelerate these next five years four and a half years to happening that much faster sure wow Mm -hmm. okay 
I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really the biggest message is from from the from Saint Germain, from the masters, so that, that we hold we hold that that vision, that light, that frequency, because we, the, every person, if the more that we keep ourselves plugged into the light, the more that we keep ourselves on that high, our highest frequency, it's essentially helping the collective because we are all connected. So it's raising up the collective, which is in turn raising up mother earth and keeping us moving on to our ascension path. And so because of that, because people are holding on to these visions, people have faith in God again, there's um, so much more light anchored into the planet. We're are, we're moving on this timeline the way that we need to, and it's happening. It's really it's here. It's going to be here in a blink, and we're going to look back at this time and be like, it's going to seem like a dream or something. I feel like to most people, totally. it's, it's just not going to seem. We're we're threading the needle in every sense of the word right wow. now. Oh, that's so cool. And that Yeshua <laughs> book, he talks about weaving yeah. all the time. He's like talks about how you weave yourself to or stitch yourself to thought forms or you stitch yourself yes. to another person and then it's like the stitching and the unstitching and yep. it does feel like that so much and I think about that too a lot in the context of when you say we're all one I feel like there's this I think about that Indra's net story you know the one where it's like there's this massive spider web or whatever we're all sort of these vertices on the spider web where these little jewels exist or whatever. each one of us is a jewel but we're all on the web yeah and it's like the web of life or the food web or whatever you want to call it you can think about it in the ecosystem or you can think about it in um, spirituality but it feels to me like that connection between each of us is it's like a thread you know it's simple but it's like very there and yeah. probably in the invisible world, it's much more pronounced oh, than absolutely. it is the way that we see it in today's world. We're very, like, literal, and if we can't see it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. Yeah. Um, but, wow, that's fascinating. So, okay, um, tell me, uh, like, you touched on St. Germain the first time we met, and you were like, this is a master who I work with. Can you tell us about St. Germain and who he is? Because I, I mean, I've heard his name, but... I don't know, you know, I don't know any context for him. So I'm curious who he is and, you know, his life story and that kind of thing. Oh, so St. Germain is one of the ascended masters. And so a lot of people, um, you know, we all know the universe and it's like, oh, the universe is helping me. It's got my back. Yeah. But there's actually a structure to the universe, to the, to heaven, to, to the light. There's. A structure to that. Do you mean like dimensionally? Um, yes, dimensionally, but I mean more so. Um, if I if we were to make a flow chart, let's put God, the Father, Mother, God at the top, and then we have the fourteen ascended masters, and then there's the legions of angels, and there's like okay. the major angels. You were Catholic, so you'll. Yeah. So we have our major angels like Archangel Raphael, Archangel Michael. Um, so on and so forth, but then then they have their legions of angels because when we call to Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael may not necessarily show up. It may be one of his on hit on his light ray. He's the blue ray um, that will show up and help us. But we're still it's that power of being, and so it and it moves down sort of like a a flow chart that you would see when you get a new job at some big company. Sure, picture that in the heaven space. Mm-hmm. That's also reflected merely in the astral plane or hell. Okay. Um, so the astral plane is hell. The darker. Yeah. 
The dark oh. side. Mm-hmm. It has many, yeah, hell, astral plane, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, okay. the, that's the darkness. Or the darkness, I usually just oh, call it the darkness. I always thought the astral plane was like the dream space or like... Well, that's called astral traveling. Oh, okay. So that are is... different? It is you, different. You, when you're astral traveling, are you traveling? No, no, you don't. I hope you're not going down there. No, no. You want to ask your angels to take you to the good good places okay. when you're astral traveling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not, not to be confused okay. with that. Okay, yes, cool. that is... A, I, I had that confusion, too, when I first learned about it. Yeah, just want to make sure that I'm not... <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it clear. Yes, I appreciate you clarifying. Um... So there's an org chart. So there's, yes. And so St. Germain is one of the 14 ascended masters. He is, um, there is, Jesus is one of those beings. Um, St. Germain is the god of freedom. His twin flame is Portia, who is the goddess of justice and opportunity. We have Pallas Athena. She is the goddess of truth. Uh, I'm going to forget a few, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and the list goes on, yeah. Sure. Um, but St. Germain is the one who you... We, I've been working more closely with. We have... Yeah. Everyone has, fun fact, so everyone has angels, and we have two ascended masters as our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sort of like you have a master's and a minor degree in college. We have a, a master... Um, master <laughs> and then we have a, a minor master and so they both are working with us and at different point, points in our life um we may work with different masters to learn different things because our soul leaves our body at night and we go up into the etheric or the heaven world and we learn all that we need to learn um and we come back down and we may not consciously remember this space but it still weaves into our present day life um so if you're going through a really hard time uh, with you and your husband, let's say, you may ask at night before you go to bed and you're going to say, you know, beloved angels, like, please take me and my husband to go see Kathumi because he is the god of psychology so that you two can work through whatever you need to work through um, on a soul level. And then when you come back into the physical, things just are a little bit easier. And I don't think most people know that, so that's a fun fact for everyone. Um, I also want to say this because I think this is really important. You have to ask for help. Yes. Right? Oh, they will not. Our they will not come into our realm without us asking for help. Okay. And when they help us, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely extraordinary. It makes it all the difference. Mm-hmm. Walking on a challenging path alone, yep. or walking next to your angels or your masters, whoever is there to best suit your time need of time and need. Okay. And, and I feel like I also want to talk about this word master because I feel like ascended master is basically someone's soul who has evolved. Far enough, yeah, that they were able to be the god of something. They're, they're helping all of us. They have us. They've done the work. They're, they've cleaned. St. Germain's been here in many lifetimes, for example. He was um, Francis Bacon. He was... Um, Oh, so many. The, he got his name from his last, I believe it was his last embodiment when he was in France, and it was the Count of St. Germain. Um, is there's like a square, and if you go actually to the bistro in town, there's a picture of the square, and it says St. Germain on the bottom. No way! Yeah. Oh, I love that. He's like, let's make sure that's at this restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, so, um, and he is the god of freedom, and they are all doing, he, oh, he was also the man 
who, when we signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776, he was the man that stood up and said, sign that document. That was him in that lifetime. He was Joseph to Mary, for Mother and Mary. So he was the father of Jesus. Wow. Plot twist, mind blow for the Catholic. Yeah. Mother Mary is not virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no idea. (laughs) Every woman on earth is like, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep, and so he was he was Joseph. <clears throat> he was Joseph. Um Yeah, so all of them work together to help us. <clears throat> and are they like um this book I'm reading, again, Yeshua, he calls himself Yeshua or Jesus, whatever you want to call him, talks a lot about we the divine. So do you feel that those are the ascended masters and do you feel like they are because he uses the word we a lot. I'm always kind of like, we. like Because we are that powerful. Right. Okay. If we're creating our reality, we are all gods and goddesses on this earth to create, to pull in the golden age. We were all put here for a reason. And if we believe that we hold that power, mm-hmm. anything is possible. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it means to create your own reality. Because... First of all, I want to unpack it because I want to know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to create my own reality. But how, like, I've heard this before. Okay, so I was in session with an energy worker in town and um, Spirit, she's an awesome channel. And Spirit came through and was like, there's some changes coming. Don't be afraid. You're all walking creators. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> like, okay, we're walking creators. We can create whatever we want. We got this. But what is, how do you see us being creators? How do, like, you know what I mean? Like, how do we really manifest that? And maybe we're not necessarily, like, we were just exploring that discussion as two women <laughs> who are, like, spiritually inclined. And we're like, okay, what does it actually mean to be a creator of your own life? Like, I, is it making choices? Mm-hmm. Is it um, embodying your light and, like, influencing? I would say it's all those things. Every choice that we make has a consequence. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say consequence seems heavy because it could still be a good thing. Yeah. Um, And it is. I think think mostly it's embodying our light. Realizing how truly, truly powerful, especially as women right now in this, we are, it is, we are taking our power back. We are shifting Mother Earth out of this masculine, dominant, folk-driven society, and we're bringing the power back to the feminine. And I think that the more women, particularly women, are able to stand in our power, stand in our light, speak our truth empower one another oh thank you and get rid of this competition of that exists between us which is not of our nature of the divine feminine that's that's a masculine trait that's been brought to our forefront this endless competition um i thank you for saying that that bugs me so much because i worked in the corporate world for a while and that is so much of that hierarchy. It's like, okay, there's one woman at the top, so that space is full, but there's a couple secretary positions available, or there's two spots in HR if anybody else wants a job. But your salary is going to be less than 50 grand, and um, you're going to work like 60 hours. Yeah. But it's just like, it's so far for me. And I think some of it's changing, but it's like, 
there is this internal competition that we feel with each other where it's yeah. like, if I'm, if that person's there, then I can't be there. Or if it, you know, and then it creates this like jealousy or Absolutely. envy. And I feel like I just want to be able to be like, actually that's scarcity mindset. It's bullshit. Yep. There's room for all of us. Yeah. And, when, and as women, I also believe that when we rise, we rise together. Absolutely. And we bring each other with, we like hold hands with our friends and we're like, come on, let's go together. And then, you know, we can all go to this next, next level together. Yeah, yeah. And the more that we empower one another and that we get to this, these higher levels of consciousness, because it's, it's like the spiral staircase we're constantly going up. The DNA. The DNA. Yes crystal corn yeah <laughs> totally um we are really able to bring in the light and create our reality and you know it's not focusing on these low vibrational things whether it's turning off the news or um, disconnecting from people in our life that are not serving our highest purpose it doesn't matter if it's your grandmother or your parents like I, part of my journey was cutting everyone off. I, on, I think it was actually Easter Sunday of 2021, maybe. Um, and I sent out a mass text and I said, I'm a perfectly well and safe, I, but I, I cannot talk to anyone for the next like 40 days. Do not contact me. Yeah. <laughs> and for leave an Italian, yeah, leave me alone. And for an Italian family, they were, everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good. Don't talk to me. Not fielding questions. Yeah. <laughs> And it was a really powerful time for me. And I, and since setting that space and setting that boundary now, like the, in my interaction with my, all of my family is much more positive because I, I, I will cut, shut them down instantly if something is negative or, or not feeding me in a good way, because I am so sensitive at this point that I just, I become unwell. Like I, I physically will become sick from a negative interaction very quickly most more specifically my family because we're so it's just such a close connection but with friends as well and so I really have to be very mindful of who is in my space but for everyone to take that tool and move forward it's you know do we want a a world of um drugs and partying and and this like blacked out drunk like nonsense or do we want love and light and um fun playful space with as grown-ups we get to play and be whether it's slacklining or flow arts or whatever it is like we all have our vice that we like to do and be playful in that space like that's what we want to manifest that's what we want to focus on playing with our kids you know reconnecting to earth like those positive things all of this darkness and i'm i'm gonna lump like clubbing and partying in with the darkness because it's a very false sense of enjoyment yes entertainment it's entertainment and it's not of the light it's not true it's not connecting us to ourselves all the same with all these hallucinogenic drugs and whatever and yes sometimes you have breakthroughs and that's not to to poo-poo on um ayahuasca or any of those things those are in a healing space yeah ceremony ceremony yeah i think it makes a big difference yeah create that intention around using the substances um versus just using it as a numbing tool yeah but I feel the same way. I mean, I think alcohol especially. Like, I, I stopped drinking in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I got a big lecture from my spiritual guidance. And they were like, you need to stop drinking now. This is not the year to be drinking. And I, well, and I was ready. to. Yeah. So I, like, stopped. And, um, and even my husband, who was always, like, 
a beer or two a night. It was just his, like, he's like, it's my thing. It's no big deal. He has even recently stopped drinking, and that has made a huge impact on his happiness, enjoyment of life. Because you're, like, I think in general, alcohol is a fucking prison. Yep. And as soon as you stop drinking, you're like, holy shit, I was in prison. Yeah. I didn't even know it. But I was trapped in this cell. It keeps you trapped in this lower state of vibration. Yeah. So you can't every, like you're all day long doing all the things to raise your vibration. And then, okay, I'm going to have those one or two drinks. Boom, you're back down. And now you got to spend 12 hours getting yourself back, yeah. back up. You hit the point and then boom, you're back down again. And that's not to say uh, not to have a glass of champagne yeah. or something for a celebration or a celebratory time. Yes. But but it, everything has been perverted so taken so far to now the other side of it that it's we've lost sight of of it i think so too i feel like it's become a tool to numb ourselves away from the things we don't want to look at which are literally resisting our own personal growth and our world's evolution yeah and obviously it starts with, i feel the same way i'm like do whatever you want to do, but just also know that alcohol is like a lower vibrational substance, just like sugar. Yep. You're not going to go eat like a bag of Skittles. Right. It's going to do the same, you know, it's the yes, same. Yes, it exactly you is. You have the same recovery mm-hmm. thing. Your body, every cell in your body is like, oh, fuck. I yeah. Go through that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, and I don't, I mean, I had to take my own journey with like yeah. stopping eating sugar so much and stopping alcohol and all this stuff but I do feel like um I have a client right now who's like right in that in between space Mm -hmm. where she's just getting to this next vibration in her physical body and she was just telling me she was like oh I felt like I ate a bunch of crappy food over the weekend and then I had to spend a couple days recovering from that and I was like you're at this point now where you're you've increased your vibration enough that you that those differences are so much bigger. Yep. And that's when I feel like when you start to feel that, when you start to feel like, oh fuck, I'm really low after binging or drinking really hard for the weekend, that's when your body's like telling you, yeah. like, hey, this is a hard recovery. Yeah. And that's when we get into our like everybody talks about hangovers in your thirties yeah. and forties or whatever, but it's the same. It is, exactly. Nothing's any different. No, and I and there's and there's a point of our spiritual evolution and I being a dietitian, this was always yeah. like a weird um, thing for me because the matrix teaches us one way, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so recently I've, I'm like, oh, this is, this is where the organic matters. This is where the clean, I hate using the word clean, but there's really no, someone give me a better word, but clean food, you know, yeah. not chemicals, not um, the fake, all these fake sugars. Like if you're going to eat oh, yeah. something yeah. sweet, make use honey, you know, a natural source. Honey is so healing. Um, but it matters when we get to this point of our vibration that the everything that we're putting into our body truly is affecting our vibrational space and so do we want to be feeding the high vibrations or do we want to get kicked out every time we eat a skittles or a bag of skittles or whatever it is um you know same with expand it to grass-fed organic meat like all of the things are just being mindful of where it's coming from it's not saying that you have to be vegan it's not saying Mm -hmm. any of that it's just being mindful of where the food is coming from and i that's what i love about jackson is that we have access to we get to have elk and all of these yeah. are most of the men around here hunt and we have yeah. that good access to good meat so 
Yeah, I'm not on the vegan train. I will say that much because no, I, I do I'm think there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of chemicals that come with the vegan because well, it's all the processed food. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. I'll yeah, eat some impossible meat. Yeah, Sorry, no, that's not no. Happen. I feel mm-hmm. like that's uh, that's that's cell growth for the sake of cell growth. Yeah, otherwise known as cancer. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's fine if you're into it. I'm yeah, not no, judging. no, I'm not judging. Not. I'm just not choosing that. But I feel the same way. My husband's a hunter and. I'm so grateful for that meat and be able to feed my children that. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about, um, he's a, uh, bow hunter. Okay. And he just grew up doing it and loves to be in the woods and it's a very meditative space for him and a very spiritual process for him uh, being a hunter. And I'm always very in awe of how, of that. I yeah. think it's so beautiful to be, um, he gets so close to the animals yeah. and he literally will watch them all day long and then you know when the moment strikes or whatever he's got the eye and sometimes he'll even have his bow drawn and be there for a really long time and not shoot yeah because he's like oh, i didn't have the perfect shot or whatever so it's, it's very the actual process of hunting is so beautiful and so meditative and the, the meat is really good so i as a i can't not enjoy it absolutely and there's you know necessarily want I don't want to be the killer of the animals right I'm going to appreciate what that's able to absolutely and um yeah I'm not on the vegan train yeah (laughs) but I understand why some people are yeah I get it I think you know and it's our again can we more humanely do to get meat to people you know and yes. do we need meat at every meal no you know yes. meatless monday is great you know yeah. there's all these things it's it, it again it's the extreme of anything is not good yes right so moderation moderation and discipline yeah a little bit too, absolutely i think i mean sometimes i feel like with food we can get over discipline mm-hmm. and it can get too rigid or structured and that gets unhealthy but at the same time I don't know. In today's world, I think it does require a little bit of discipline. Absolutely. To like, because eating clean is hard. Yeah. It takes a shitload of work to make fresh meals for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's also expensive. Which it is. I understand as a factor for some people. Absolutely. Too. And I do think, and I, in in my reality that I'm creating as we go forward in yeah, the yeah. golden age, is that, that healthy food is going to be available to everyone. I want, mm-hmm. I want the shift. To happen, I want it to be. I want more people to hunt and like be. Everyone have gardens in their yard. And granted, we live in Wyoming. We don't get a garden all year round, but when we can, we have one. And um, those types of reality shifts, I think, are is what I'm manifesting for the world because it's. I love that one. Yeah. Mine. Everyone deserves to eat good food. I think that's so beautiful. I love that. My favorite reality to create that I pray for is um clean water oh for everyone also on my list yeah you know and not even just for drinking yes but also for playing yeah like water is the way to like it's such a tool to play to play in and to it's healing and cleansing and nourishing and all the things and there are so many people without clean access to clean water oh my gosh i have a friend who i've interviewed for the podcast she um brings she works in South Africa, the East Cape of South Africa, where it's just like roots, roots. And she bring, um, brings water filtration systems and water catchment systems to schools, which basically allows the schools to stay open. Yeah. 
and her, the metrics on the work she does are insane. Like it's like $4.84 per kid for life. And they actually get to, because what happens is there's no water, so they have to shut down the schools, then the kids don't get to take their matriculation exams, and they don't get to actually like pass the grade right. or whatever, and then they're out. And then they're stuck in poverty because they have they didn't finish school because the school wasn't was open. Yeah. So she like recognized that water was this huge bridge to um, create opportunities to leave uh, or to elevate poverty for these people. So it was a really beautiful conversation, but. Um, Powerful stuff. It and is. Clean water is a big deal. And, cl- and clean food is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those are the fundamentals of everything right now. Absolutely. And I think if you can, and if you live in America, you already have them. Yeah. Unless you're living in a food desert, in which case, bless your soul. Yeah. Container gardens. But yeah. still, yeah. I mean, I got There's, it. yeah. Barriers with that as well. But it's hard. But yeah. I think soil and seeds and, you know, running water... It's pretty simple. Yeah. And it's so fun and it's, nourishing. Yeah. And so gardens. healing. It is. Oh, I love it. Me too. <laughs> Although I have to admit, my garden kind of sucks this year. Yeah. I like can't get my lettuce to grow. Everybody else is talking about their lettuce is huge, and I'm like, I did t- I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think I did it for either I over fertilized with like chicken poop or I under fertilized. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I've taken up a lot of your time. Yeah. Cool. We just had an hour. Okay. Um, okay. Let's end on like one awesome question or one awesome uh, conversation point, which is um, what does the golden age look like to you? And, you know, like you said, you visualize it or you have it in your head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, give me, give me your detailed vision of what that is and how... Um, what that looks like for you. Um, number one is everyone having access to clean water, mm-hmm. clean food, regenerative agriculture. Um, pollution is not going to be a thing. Um, and people all just operating from a space of love and really unconditional love, holding space for each other um, in whatever means necessary to help them to heal. Allowing people to play, like adults getting to play. Everyone, if everyone was doing their, um, operating from their soul mission, their soul purpose, whether it's, you know, artists and what they create or whoever, farmers, all these things, but operating from their true space, not only are they radiating love to the world and Everything that they create and produce is coming from that place, which I is keeping everything of a higher frequency. Um, it's healing the planet, and Mother Earth is able to do what she needs to do to heal and provide for all of us, for all of the whatever, 7 billion, 9 billion, however many people are on the planet now. Um, you know, I want, and I want adults to play again. Yeah. Like, we don't, I want us to whatever that is, um, slacklining or dance, dancing, like being yeah. fun and light and playful with one another and bringing back just some of these old, uh, um, p- 
pastimes that we don't do anymore. You know, everyone sits at home and watches TV. We don't have like fun dinner parties and everyone's dancing and and having comedy hour and being silly in the house anymore. Like I want this connection of people to come back. Um, So cool. Yeah. So I, all right. So now I'm kind of understanding what they're saying maybe when they say create your own reality. So you could do that. Oh yeah. You could hold like gatherings and be like, everyone put your phone in the basket. Yeah. And we're going to play card games. Yes. And cards against humanity or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And mess around. And then you get to, oh my God. Okay. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like we have, um, in Wednesdays here, we have, we've been creating this slack lining group and so we set up like six or eight slack lines and some of the girls bring we have like um fans like flowy fans and it's just a very flowy fun creative space for grown-ups to be playful and be kids um we have we had a lira for a little while i would love to get um yoga silks or on my to purchase list but just that type of play for adults and connection that that brings from teaching learning from one another um, playing with one another. And I, I really am like manifesting for that to come back as we go forward. So cool. I think play is so important, especially when it's hard. Yeah. And that concept of like a playful, sometimes I even go to this space when I'm like in a hard lesson or in a whatever. And I'll be like, life is play. Life is play. Like I'll really be like, this is a game. This is a game. And I think it is a game. Yeah. I think it totally is. I think we, um, I think we play games with ourselves to come into, you know, human form, experience hard shit. And we're totally gods and goddesses. And we're like, we're going to go down on this <laughs> earth realm and go see what it's like to feel like we're not all powerful beings. And, you know, and that there's dark forces at play trying to keep us small. And we see how we rise up. And I'm yeah. like, that's fucking exactly what it yes. is. Yes. It's so, so I powerful. think that concept of play is so important. And for me, water has always been my Absolutely. Play. Like boating or sailing or whatever but there is also an energy that I think I need to bring more to playful spaces which is just um I don't know sometimes I take shit really seriously you know like I'll even be with my kids and they'll do something piss me off and I'm like okay I'm not playing anymore but I don't know I think there's something to just like laughing it off and be like yeah whatever yeah especially when it's in a play space yeah okay I'm gonna manifest that more yeah Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on. Yeah. It was so cool. Great conversation. I was really excited to hear about all your tools of healing. Thanks. Which 